Gang for Riffs. Welcome back to Gainy for Riffs, the podcast where we try and answer the simple but thought-provoking question, what is a riff, in the longest possible way. I'm Jonathan, and as usual, I'm here with my co-host Ole. How are you doing? Yes! Back, back again! What a week it has been! Uh, feels like ages ago we recorded, I'm so happy to be back. Yeah, it feels good, man. And I have a question for you regarding the podcast. Has it any, in any way, mm. shape or form changed the way you listen to music or uh, what music you uh, make the choice uh, or choose to listen to? Uh, yeah, for sure, when I'm looking for riffs, um, I try to learn new riffs. So I'm going maybe uh, both forwards and backwards in my... Uh, <laughs> let's say my catalog or my sure. my listening choices you know like some sometimes uh we really dig something out of the closet and i i realized that this uh this was harder than i thought and i really have to get uh get really into it and and not without spoiling anything we're working on a big special and this type of music that we're going to play it made me feel like a horrible guitar player <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I really like my, I really have to work on my chops for that one. Um, right. So, dear listener, if you stick around, you uh, you're gonna hear uh, some new playing from Ulla that you never heard. Yeah. Uh, but to answer your question, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah no, it definitely. I, I feel like um, I may maybe more uh, interested. Uh, not only in the riff, but also like how the riff works together with the song. Like uh, last yeah. week, we talked about uh, Dio, yeah. who wrote uh, the guitar riff for uh, "Holy Diver" that you brought, and like how does a singer influence the writing of a riff uh, versus how a, just a guitar player writes a song? Yeah, uh, these things have really like uh, shaped how I, how I listen. I listen for details, and maybe also um, went really deep into. Uh, music production i mean not me personally uh i dabble but uh, i also but i watch uh youtube channels about this sort of thing yeah, yeah. so you could say i got more nerdy but i also kind of enjoy listening to music more as a release now as well from this kind of um, practicing aspect yeah okay yeah. long answer to a simple question as, as we do that's how that's what we do but yeah for me it's been interesting i didn't think it would uh, affect my listening patterns as much as it have because uh, like for example with entombed i thought that i was kind of done listening to that band but after the little deep dive there with my detailed uh, run through uh, the first 15 years or so of their career i uh, really went back and like wow entombed is a pretty damn good band like uh, mm. wolverine blues uh, tried shoot straight and um, um, those albums especially and also morning star but especially wolverine blues and also clandestine and left and path and it's like 
I understand why this is a classic band. You know, it's it's not a hype. It's it's the real deal. So I, I you know, it's mm-hmm. blast from the past. But then also stuff that you bring in that I haven't heard, like um, yeah, uh, yeah, stuff that I know that you listen to maybe or didn't even know. And uh, yeah, I think this is just for me. It's a good way to open up my ears, really. And we we start at the riff, but for me, the riff is just where we comfortably start. It's a comfortable starting point, and then from there, you know, you go into other aspects of music. So it's for yeah. me, it's not that much about riffs, really. I mean, when we do the show, obviously. No, it's about I think, I think yeah. for me, I'm, I'm trying to I prepare because I think I'm practicing um, maybe more than you do. But you also have like two bands that you're playing with, uh, maybe even touring with soon. It could happen. Uh, yeah, very excited if, if about that. See how that works yeah. in a, in this world that we're now in 2020. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I practice. Uh, more for this show. I think, I, I don't know, I just had, have the feeling that you are a slightly better at guitar than me. So I, I want to bridge that gap and like, that's really my goal. Like I'm going to beat Eunice at his own game, uh, but of course you will get better. So I think yeah. we'll uh, arrive in um, 10 years maybe when I can do a proper solo. We'll yeah, see. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've had more hours probably put into it and uh, you played also in uh, in certain fields uh, you haven't touched on on every let's say side of metal for example no. and all that and they haven't been soloing and so on but as we always say it's not a show about playing guitar it's not a guitar show at all really it's, this is it's music history basically mm. that's the genre we're in and uh, <laughs> i don't know uh, you have a piece of uh, music history for today coming in from a riff i guess you do uh, i do indeed i do indeed i i brought a real uh Real classic uh, from the '90s, uh, a real slacker, uh, slacker earring. Do you say that in English mm, also? Yeah, oh, slacker anthem. A slacker anthem for sure. Mm, I have a guess uh, already. So I might as well just start, right? Yeah, I think I know what's going to be. Let's see. Okay, okay interesting. Oops. Yep. wasn't the song i thought it would be i thought it would have been powered power trip <laughs> by monster magnet previously mentioned slacker anthem but this was a cool riff however it had this kind of pop punk feel to it and i like i like the sound of it and i don't have a guess no clue okay um uh, the the name uh, is derived from gigantic lizards that roamed the earth millions of years ago mm. but you can think of them and you think of something a little bit smaller yeah. maybe someone younger now i know now i know so well it, there's a guy there's a guy that uh, looks like you but he's older <laughs> he's american <laughs> same uh, style uh, similar you know yeah. just aura and uh, i don't know his name yeah. but i know that he leads a band called Dinosaur Junior. 
Yes. Uh, Dinosaur Jr., the song is uh, Feel the Pain. Uh, classic slacker uh, in uh, alternative rock anthem from mm. um, from the 90s um, and I uh, have been thinking of bringing it for a long time also because um, there are a number of other riffs that he has that I thought uh, to bring in also um, uh, at the start of the episode I played um, a riff from another band that he uh, played drums in called Witch and the song was called Seer. It's a really uh, like a retro heavy metal band that he had in uh, 2008, I think. And it was the first time I saw Jay Maskis, as he's called, uh, live. And uh, back then he had this really... Uh, uh, he looked even weirder. He had uglier glasses. They were like your grandma's glasses, maybe. Like this big... All glasses were ugly back in the day, though, right? Huge huge and thick and uh he walked around before the concert at the baser stusen and i i have i just stood and drank a beer and then he was standing there looking at me and it was like he was uh, he was trying to talk to me but i thought he looked <laughs> did so you creepy. already have the same style at that time uh no 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 not at all um but uh, I thought it was so creepy so i just walked the other way but then he it turned out that he was playing drums in the band and it was like Actually, the guy I went went to see, uh, <laughs> I, like that was my mission for the night. Yeah, I was going to see this band by Jay Maskis from Dinosaur Junior, um, but then I didn't talk to him because <laughs> he actually he had this creepy aura that night. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, it was a good good uh, good gig. I've seen uh, also seen Dinosaur Junior live a couple of times. They play very loud, but uh, and he is a really good guitar player. I must say, he has a uh, a different, like if you would say, yeah, maybe he is um, some kind of uh, what's the word? He's a, in, in his own way a virtuoso, I guess. Uh, you're I mean, yeah, yeah, right. he is a, like a slacker virtuoso, slacker virtuoso for sure. I only know one thing about him, so I'm going to chime in with that now. And it's one thing yeah. that I like and I kind of identified with. It's, I saw an interview, like this gearhead in type interview with him. What's his name again? Mm. Yeah, on the uh, uh, Jay Maskis. Jay Maskis. Yeah, I saw it with him, and he was like, um, it was in the kind of when a lot of expensive US-made uh, guitar pedals were coming out big on the market from brands like Strymon, etc., exotic pedals, and uh, mm-hmm. and he said like, yeah, everyone now is raving about these transparent pedals, you know, that uh, don't overly change your sound. Why would you want that? I don't want a transparent pedal. When I push the pedal, I want the sound to change completely. And it was with his delay, like he puts it on the wrong spot in the, the effect chain, just to get rich yeah. effect out of the effects. And I felt that that was kind of, uh, you know, for me, it was um, a breath of fresh air from all this, like, yeah, this is transparent, you can't even hear it type type talk to just, you know, if you want an effect, why shouldn't it be a huge effect? So that's all I know about him, really. <laughs> uh, dear listener, I don't know if you hear this, but my microphone fell down. Again. Oh, yeah, I hear it. happened before this taping. Very annoying, so I'm going to fix that. Yeah, I'll riff a little bit in between, uh, then, I guess. Yeah, this.
let's see. I'm almost back. I did a really sloppy solution. <laughs> Can you hear me? I hear you. Okay. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, that that story kind of encapsulates him. He is a uh, a man of pedals. He likes uh, overdrive and fuss, and he really like like as you heard in the riff. Uh, I went from. Uh, like a, a, a soft uh, overdrive into a, like hard fuss in between the riffs, and he he likes those uh, direct changes, you know, from something soft to mm-hmm. something very loud and hard. But still, uh, I think the uh, what Dinosaur Junior has uh, they they are quite like a heavy band, but they have this sweet tone about them that they they don't use so much dissonance. Uh, or if they use it, it's done in a clever way that it always sounds kind of friendly. And I think that has to do with, you know, I don't want to really upset anyone, but uh, which is, is a weird thing to say. Now I brought myself into a corner, but uh, maybe I'll do um, another example that like it's heavy, but it's not evil. Like uh, maybe it's very different from uh, like a contrast to the first riff I played, which is like, you know, uh, menacing in a very like. Uh, yeah, there, there was, they were looking for that, but in the music of Dinosaur Junior, it's more like, uh, yeah, I'll play another riff. See if you, uh, if you, Jonathan, uh, right. get get my drift. Yeah, it's, uh, I, th- I think it's a little bit of the rhythm that it has this kind of which is um, sort of leaning back, which maybe makes it less aggressive. Uh, okay. Because otherwise yeah. it sounded okay, like pent- so pentatonic the... scale, like a normal rock riff, but it had this kind of mm. at least from what I heard now. So maybe that's what makes it kind or somehow non-aggressive. Yeah, another part of this song, uh, "Pick Me Up," is like, um, let's see. It's all, it also has this like a lot of minor in it, which makes it li- sound more. Uh, their music is more sad than it is uh, evil. Let's say. This was the song "Pick Me Up" from their uh, album Beyond, their uh, their comeback album. They had some, they took some time off after they disbanded, and then they came back and they made uh, two records that I really, really love. And I got into them because of these reunion records. Uh, they're really good, and uh, me and my brother listened to it a lot. Um, but back in the 
uh, feel the pain as it's uh, known. Did I even say that? That uh, that was the title of the Yeah, you mentioned that. You song? mentioned that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so you got... Yeah, I think you're right there with the the plucking. It's really like um, a bit, uh, how do you say, not offbeat. Um, it's more of a syncopated rhythm. Since I'm not uh, terribly familiar with the Dinosaur Junior, maybe I should ask you a few questions and get informed a little bit. It feels to me like the, that's kind of it's a kind of band that started in the late '80s, or was it in the '90s? Yeah, in the in the '80s they were uh, yeah, a bunch of high school friends, but they had a different uh, drummer uh back then but they and they called themselves something like mogo something uh different and but the drummer he went on a this is a perhaps kind of fitting <laughs> for the times we live in he at uh on a concert he he stood up and he abruptly went to the mic and he started shouting uh anti-police slogans Mm -hmm. And Jay Maskis thought that it was very different from what he wanted to do. So he was like, okay. oh, I don't know what to do. And he, he's kind of not a, he's a non-confrontational person. So he just decided like, yeah, uh, yeah, we should, uh, I quit the band. Uh, the band is no more. So the band was no more. But, and the, the drummer was like, aha, okay. And he left. And then the day after he, uh, he, made, he started a new band with the other members. Like, oh, well, let's start a new band. <laughs> <laughs> That's like how they make That's decisions. A it's a classic. <laughs> and then they renamed themselves Dinosaur, but uh, because of some kind of copyright, I don't know who has that copyright, but they they changed the name to Dinosaur Junior very fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's uh, the non-confrontational way of uh, kicking someone out of the band. <laughs> Just <laughs> end the band. Dinosaur Junior. <laughs> like it's the next generation. Speaking of Junior, I saw an interview yesterday with... Uh, my old friend uh, from the um, uh, same uh, parts of uh, Stockholm as we talked about yesterday with Barbus, Antonio and Johan. Uh, Ola England is famous for his YouTube channel. Uh, yeah. Quite big, like, guitar YouTube dude. He interviewed his old hero, uh, John Petrucci, on, on his channel. Mm. And it's quite a cute interview because you can see that he's absolutely starstruck. So he blushes, like his cheeks get all red. <laughs> and he almost starts crying when he gets praised from... from uh, John Petrucci, oh. which is very cute. I like that he puts this up, and you know, it could maybe encourage young metal dudes to display their emotions a little bit more. I don't know, yeah. but uh, yeah, the, 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 my weak punchline point of this was that he had uh, he got like a signed poster from John Petrucci because his dad worked in um, in the recording industry in the late nineties. So this was like ninety eight, ninety nine, yeah. and but the the colleague that went and met uh, John Petrucci forgot Ola's name couldn't remember so it's like it's signed to england junior <laughs> <laughs> just speaking of junior oh so good yeah. so and he showed it to john petrucian a cute interview you can go check it out if you want to see some metal feelings on screen yeah yeah, yeah. so uh john petrucci is a very different guitar player from jay maskis sure uh, jay maskis he uh, i think i can break it down he uh, he uses a lot of um uh, minor 
in his music and the, it's kind of he also has this voice that is kind of uh, whiny in a way in a, in a very slacker friendly way and he uh, is, and he's but he sings uh, always like this like like even over very um, when it's a lot of distortion when the riffs get very heavy he still has the same uh, vocal delivery which I think it makes it's an interesting contrast. I mean, it, it makes them heavy and wimpy at the same time, which I think is like a, a perfect '90s uh, thing to try to be. Yeah, uh, like it's a, it's a bit ironic. the The video to uh, feel the pain is great. It's um, it features Jay Mask is uh, more is dressed like uh, in in the golf and a golf outfit, and he drives around with a caddy in a golf car on Manhattan and they play uh, golf <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it hits the ball and it flies all over the city and it kills a, it kills a man, la la lands on his face. So he hits that to the next, uh, <laughs> next like hits a person and they start in a fight and they kill them <laughs> and they ride on and then like hits the ball and like when the ball is flying, it, it's like from a film from a helicopter, but they edit in the the green screen in the ball flying, it looks great. And the Twin Towers is like prevalent in all the shots almost. It's like really, I don't know, it's kind of beautiful, you know, it's a beautiful timestamp, let's say. I need to check that out. And the song Feel, Feel the Pain, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's about, he's not feeling so good, but, um, uh, and he seems like a very like uh, guy who enjoys being alone. And I read, I, I found a nice quote from, from the bass player Lou Barlow, who was uh, yeah, the founding member, also, so he he felt that uh, while he was uh, that Jay Maskis was so far beyond what uh, what he was making, and uh, uh, he was he said like he was fucking brilliant. Uh, his song was so far beyond. I was still into two two chord songs and basic stuff like I'm so sad. While I was really into my own little tragedy, Jay was operating in this whole other panorama. Um, and he, I mean, he has this like uh, wonderful, like he paints a wonderful landscape of with his distortion, with his fuss, and with his uh, voice. It's really hard to describe, and I think it can be hard to get into as well. I mean, if you're coming from metal, but I think the natural way to reach into it are the riffs that sometimes are can be really heavy. It's, uh, he always likes to solo, and I think his solos, they are kind of the most metal thing about... Uh, um, yeah, remember, he likes Dinosaur to Junior. stack distortions, like have a shit ton of distortion to get this uh, fussed out, big, cloudy sound, I remember. Um, yeah. What, what is the, the lineup of the band? Is it a trio? Quartet? Uh, yeah, it's a trio. It's, uh, uh, di uh, yeah, Dinosaur Jr. is a trio. They've always been a, a power trio yeah. with um, Jay on uh, guitar... Uh, Lou Barlow on bass and the guy called Murph on drums. Murph, and it, it, it's it, you feel it's it's enough when they're playing live. He has a, like a curious setup. Also, he he stands with a half circle of uh, Marshall stacks, I think, I believe, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the bass player just has like I think he has two stacks, you know, <laughs> just to compete. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, and uh, when I saw them last time, they brought in an extra drummer for like a song. Which was really unnecessary. <laughs> I didn't see that as like a 
anything worth writing home over. You know, like okay, that what year? What year was this? That was like uh, seven years ago, I think. It was trendy for a while with the double drummer thing. And yeah. I think a lot of bands. Yeah, did Melvin's it. had double double drums for no reason. A lot of bands did that. You know, they're playing the same pattern. Like, why did you bring all those drums and all those mics up on stage just to be? Uh, yeah, it was a bit getting a bit gimmicky. I think. It's like yeah. Kai Lessa, yeah. for example, did that. I guess Melvins were doing it cooler, however. Yeah, but I mean, you have to uh, kind of have an idea with it. Yeah. It has to merge with the music. Are they friends, uh, you think? Melvins and uh, Dinosaur Junior? They know each other? I think they know each other. But I, I, don't, I don't know if mm. they're friends. I think they, they're quite different. I, I think that uh, Buzz Osborne is... Uh, they're both like cynical people, uh, but on different... They, I think they vibrate on different frequency. I don't think they they gel so well, uh, in a way. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Buzz likes to talk shit of of other people. Like he, uh, you know, the, it doesn't fail to mention that uh, Kurt Cobain, while like credited on one of their albums, just fetched him coffee, <laughs> yeah. and that he Wrote thought he was like a pussy something. for committing suicide, like st- stuff like this, mm-hmm. <laughs> hating on uh, Dave Grohl for no reason, yeah, or yeah. maybe there are. Several reasons. While uh, Jay Maskis is more, you know, oh, yeah. laid back, stay at home kind of Different cynical, like probably yeah. enjoying the uh, current quarantine. Yeah, uh, I would say, writing music at home. Yeah, Brew- brewing some coffee and yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put on a record. I'm, I'm just gonna make. I'm gonna try try this uh, because this was the first thing I heard from them when they on their reunion album, and it starts off with the solo. Uh, Right, it's an interesting little bit there. Yeah. yeah. So the whole record starts with a solo, or, or just a song? Yeah, it starts. W- it starts with a solo. Uh, I record. think that's a good like um, way uh, program for clearing. How do you say? Um, yeah, wait, like announcing that you're back yeah. with the solo. Yeah. With super heavy uh, fuss, like everything is like uh, on top. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah, it's all right. It's coming. It's happening now. Yeah. This is it. Uh, it has another interesting side also. He makes um, uh, acoustic albums. And I, uh, there is this riff uh, that I like to play on the acoustic that I, I played for a long time. It's just like so nice. And maybe it more like encapsulates uh, his type of playing because it really could be viewed as he's uh, playing the acoustic also on uh, the electric guitar. It's a nice riff. That's this, um, Very beautiful there yeah. in the beginning, the picking pattern. What is, what's the chord in the in the first picking? Um, the bright so one. It is uh, the capo is on the seventh fret. Mm. It's a it's a C add nine uh, with the capo on the okay. seventh fret. But you drop the E, which is uh, one of the tones. Otherwise, it okay. would be. But it's it's not that different. Very beautiful tone to it, and 
It made me think also about like uh, the different ways of uh, expression, like a musical or artistic expression. Yeah. On a stage or on a record, like um, yeah. I don't know. Do you have a preference there, or do you feel like you're um, you you could go both ways? Because in my case, I really need to change it up. If I would listen only to these aggressive, in-your-face, look at me rockers, I would get sick of that. And if I would listen only to this kind of, you know, sitting in my armchair, noodling with a cup of coffee and not wanting to make anyone angry, I would get tired of that. But if I have both, I like to have that kind of, you know, the possibility to switch from plus to minus. I guess. Do you have do you have a a special preference? And what would you say about this? Uh, In his music, I I really like. when he's uh, noodling away like this on his acoustic, it's really nice and uh, relaxed. And I think his, his um, vocals really fit there. It really yells, uh, gels good, well together. And uh, But I, I like the heavier stuff also because it's like very different. It's more uh, pop-oriented, but it's not that folky, you know. Yeah. I think it, it's like two sides of him that work very well. But then he has all this myriad of... Um, uh, other projects, you know, that he's involved in, and uh, uh, which sure. was just one of them. But uh, but but he's uh, he's originally a drummer, so that's what he played yeah. in which. Oh, um, okay, cool. Which is uh, interesting when you know when a, a drummer get does a career in music with another instrument. With yeah, a with a guitar and singing, just like Nick Anderson and Dave Grohl as well. I think it's good for uh, the, yeah. the uh, it's good for the multitasking. To have been playing drums because you're playing with four limbs and you're playing, I don't know, up to 10 or 12 instruments, even on a smaller kit, you know, counting every cymbal yeah. as an instrument, which it is. And, you know, the guitar is really one instrument in that in that sense. So um, they they usually end up pretty good frontmen if they have it in them. And I think when I started listening to music a lot, like uh, in the late 90s, it was kind of a given that you would have the different moods of music. You wouldn't be like the 80s hard rockers that couldn't even stand a ballad. Uh, or, you know, yeah. that would complain about... It. For me, it's always been that full scope. It's, it's very important for me within rock music and uh, also within traditional metal. I, I love the ballads, you know. If we're talking about my my old favorites, Iron Maiden, they all usually have like a ballad as the second track out on the early albums. And it always, you know, kind of opens up the album wider for me. So I could make yeah. uh, I could make that kind of draw to the Dinosaur Junior, which I'm not terribly familiar with, but I think they also like trying to create this um, this um, these two different moods that work together, I guess, aid each other. Mm. But I, I think uh, you uh, this uh, syncopation that he has, even in this riff, you know, uh, it's something that comes more natural to a drummer. Otherwise, you would think it could be like this. True. But uh, he thinks about uh, the groove also when he plays alone. Yeah. And that, um, yeah, you hear it in uh, older songs, yeah. I think. It's a nice riff, that one. I like it a lot. Uh, yeah. That one, actually. Uh, the first, the real riff, uh, Feel the Pain, I like too. But that one, down, 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 very beautiful. I dig <laughs> it. What was the name of yeah. that song? Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, now I'm. Uh, I have to check it, actually. Stop! Rock police! Your riff license and registration, please. You have the right to remain riffing. Anything you play, 
can and will be used against you in a court of law. Oh yeah, S- several cha- several shades of Y from the album with the same name by Jay Maskis. And Jay, of course, is just with the letter J, so he's not called mm. J with J A Y. But all right, Maskis, secret J. Could Maskis. be Jay Hedlin. Just started noodling another song of theirs, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's nice, this, it's nice uh, noodle music, and I, I really dig this type of tones. And um, I mean, it's interesting yeah. because what I brought today might be the absolute opposite of of this. <laughs> <laughs> might be the absolute opposite in a band. On the other hand, that you're probably not that familiar with. Also, an American band, however. Cool. Uh, it was nice to talk a bit about Dinosaur Junior. Um, but I, I think what I, I remember most fondly was when I met him, but I, I didn't recognize him and thought he was a creep. And, uh, and now I kind Staring of started looking like him. Yeah, I like his style with the cap, with the glasses, with the long hair. Uh, looks fucking it's sick. Very, very civil style in a good way. You know, like you're you're hidden, dulled under attributes. Exactly. Uh, makes you feel good. It's sometimes when I walk out, like for a short walk at night. I, I go back in again. I go out and then I go back in to, through the gate, back into my apartment just to get a cap. And then I feel more civil. Like I just want to hide myself. This is not a social walk. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a civil man, <laughs> you know, hiding in, hiding in plain sight or in public. So yeah, anyway, these guys that I'm bringing up now are probably not using caps. Uh, maybe I should get another beer. Oh, another beer, yeah. Maybe, maybe me too. I'll go get one and then we start on my yeah. life. Yeah, okay, hang on. Yeah. Here I am. Rock you like a hurricane. It's not the song of <laughs> But I, it could be sooner or later. I really gotta bring in Germany. <laughs> I gotta bring in Germany at some point. This is not a German band, but nice. somehow links there. And I think, you know, uh, I've been hesitant to choose this, but now it kind of fits because it really is the opposite of, <laughs> of what you did. And it's from a very <laughs> nearby area of the world. And kind of nearby time as well. Not really, a little bit earlier, but it makes it interesting. And I mean, I don't know if you, I'm not even sure if you've heard the song, but I am 100% sure you've heard the song before this song. That I am sure of. Um, this, uh, okay. The main riff or the riffs go a bit uh, like this. Uh, before on the record. Hmm? Uh, yeah, the song before this on the record, you've heard for sure. I've listened to it with you, uh, but I'm not sure you can guess anyway. Okay. Let's see. It goes something like this. Thank you. 
What could it be? Hey. Uh, yeah, the, the, first, now I was thinking about Germany. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I, I started with scorpions there. But we will tie it to Germany, actually, through this song. So you can still okay. keep part of your mind on Germany, but it's not a German band. East Coast America. Okay, now, East Coast America, yeah. Okay. Um, up north or down south? Jersey. New Jersey. A Jersey. Yeah. Oh. And you can hear the genre, is it, I guess. Uh, from, <laughs> the genre is uh, pretty it, clear. It, yeah. Uh, is it death? No, no, no. No. Or, uh, no. Heavy metal, I would say. You know, that kind of heavy metal. It's, the riffs are not terribly characteristic, so I, I wouldn't think that you could pick it out. And again, I'm not is, even sure if you heard the, it. Is there something characteristic about the band? Very much so. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> okay. <They> stand out. <laughs> Ooh, but it, it's not uh, uh, We Are Satan's People because they don't sound like that. No, uh, I like this band much better than Wasp. Okay. Uh, and it's not Twisted Sister. Nope. No. <laughs> God, I, and it, it, it's more of a... It's not really thrash, no? Or is it? I'm, uh, I can drop it uh, with the... By quoting the song that you have heard, that leads into this song. Okay. And, uh, something like this. But Grandpa, who were those four men? Who were they? <laughs> they were the Metal Kings! Were the Metal Kings! <laughs> ah, okay, okay. So yeah. it's a man, man of war. war. This song is called Blood of the Kings. And it's the song that drops mm. in after the terribly funny spoken word piece, A Warrior's Prayer. That precedes it. So when he says, they were the metal kings, if you listen on, which we never did back in the day, you get into this. It's crazy falsetto song. <laughs> and these bells of doom, it's absolutely cheesy arrangement, like... It's funny, because I was... I was looking for, uh, I know so little about Manowar, but uh, I've heard it song and I was looking for it. Um, uh, well, for the for the story. <laughs> yeah. For the storytelling. Maybe I, I would play it for my son or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it could yeah. be exciting. But I was looking for it and I couldn't find it. I just didn't remember what it was called. And um, so I was almost like only a couple of days ago on the active search for this song. Yeah. Um, that's interesting, but I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't recognize it. No, no. And I think <laughs> if you if you do want to listen to Man of War in just for a few minutes, because obviously it's not going to be your favorite band, I don't think, but uh, for a few minutes you could do a Warrior's Prayer and then this song after. This is my favorite Man of War tune, uh, Blood of the Kings. Okay. And, uh, for some reasons, which we will get into, but it has this kind of, you know, it has the epic gallop, of course, the verses, like uh, the main riff. Yes, E5, and then in the verse you have this kind of heroic chords, like E minor, and then to B minor, with uh, to just to aid the, the the vocals, and a bit like um, in Holy Diver last week, the riffs are very much basses for the vocals to come out on top of them. And the, the, this oh, yeah. album is um, <laughs> Kings of Metal coming to town. <laughs> when we're in town, speakers explode. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> from, <laughs> from 1988. And Joey DeMaio, like, kind of like, do you remember about Marilyn Manson, that there were rumors about him, you know, having removed ribs uh, to perform autofillatio auto on himself? Sure. Things like this. And this is rumors he spread himself. It's come to be known later. 
very very effectively so. And I think Joey DeMaio has a little bit of this as well. A very funny character, Joey DeMaio, bass player and leader of Manowar. That he kind of yeah. he, he comes up with stuff that is not even true and says it with the most serious face. And it's like, yeah, we had to build our own studio because every studio we went to, the speakers exploded. <laughs> it's just a straight face, which is kind of the... It's the feeling of man war that everything is bloody serious, but at the same time, it's like, you guys must know that this is funny. Maybe all of you accept Joey. I'm still not even sure. It's like an ongoing enigma. Is this a joke? Probably not. And I would like it less if it was a joke, because it's funnier if it's serious. You know, you see how it's kind of puzzling to think about. It's hard to place. Yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah, uh, uh, yeah continue. Uh, I, I want to have a little question. Yeah, sure. I want. I want to know. I want to know uh, more about Ross the Boss. Yeah, yeah. Should get into that. Ross the Boss. Because I think I think that's a fantastic that uh, this punk. Uh, he was a, a founding member, yeah, right? Yeah, and this is his last album, um, Kings of Metal. Okay, so he's on this album yeah. also. He he was in Manowar all the time. Uh, no, but on all the early stuff and all the good stuff, kind of. Oh, okay. Because he he was a he was a guitar was a singer of uh, or guitarist of the Dictators. Guitarist, I know he was guitarist, but he could have sang also. I know that he was in the Dictators, mm. but um, yeah, Manowar started in the early eighties. Um, I think the debut is from eighty two, if I'm not mistaken, called Battle Hymns. And this one is from eighty yeah. eight, I do believe. Let's double check that, so I don't get like hauled in by the Rock Police again. Uh, yeah, this is from '88. So this is like the, the early era, and Ross the Boss was, uh, you know, quite a actually Ross Friedman is his real name was an um, important part of the band, and he's kind of the guy that I think is actually cool in Man of War. Yeah, because I mean, I, I like the whole concept because it's, it's kind of silly and, and very non-phobic, uh, balls out metal with leopard underwear, <laughs> like you know, animal skin underwear. It's just it's funny to me, and it's kind of you know liberating in a strange way. But Ross the Boss is the coolest member, and I think he kind of clinched out with uh, Joey DeMaio after. And since he left, Manowar kind of went downhill, I would say. Yeah, yeah. But but the muscles got slightly bigger. <laughs> Maybe. Now. I mean, Joey DeMaio made his own record company, took all, over all the rights. So you can't find the later stuff on Spotify uh, because he wants all the money. Mm. And they play tiny shows like Klubben in Frieshuset, where we played, right? Uh, with John Loth. Yeah. And they charge a thousand for that. <laughs> So they play small places and only for like the hardcore man were nerds that would pay anything to oh, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's driven in a very uh, business-like manner since uh, Ross the Boss left the band. And also they had, uh, they had a very questionable guitarist with a super ugly fringe uh, who later had uh, issues with the law that I don't want to get into because it's frankly it's gross. So let's stick to man war oh, up okay. until 1988. Yeah. That's, that's my, my era of man war and this is the last album of that. So uh, okay. yeah, what else? Uh, what else would you like to know? I don't know a lot about yeah, this band, I, but yeah. what to know what, where it comes from? The whole uh, the whole idea of uh, four guys uh, dressing like Conan the Barbarian. I mean, maybe that's where the idea comes from. Um, but like, it's really specific. Yeah, what they're doing, right? It, it's soup. It's like manly in an overt way that, as it borders on everything that's silly. Exactly. You know? I mean, okay. you. you I think it's too easy to say that, yeah, okay, the uh, um, too easy that they didn't understand that they looked like, you know, uh, Tom of Finland or something like this, this uh, gay dreams 
of some people but yeah because they look homoerotic yeah 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 no but i mean they they take uh the rob halford aesthetic uh cuts off <laughs> maybe 90 percent of the leather but keeps uh, a thong <laughs> then ride in on the motorcycle yeah, kind of and they have super they're super buff with super muscles and uh, I mean, what is it about i yeah. <laughs> never understood it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny right i mean it's interesting we talked about rage against the machine not too long ago yeah and in my old band, when we started the band, I had this thing like, you have to choose Rage Against the Machine or Man War, just to see what, what kind of metalhead are you, you know? What's your leaning? Because they're also <laughs> super different, right? <laughs> the yeah, vast yeah, difference. Yeah, yeah. And I was not a fan of Man War at the time. I thought they were absolute crap, to be honest. I thought it was just horse shit. Mm. So I definitely went with Rage Against the Machine. So did Eric, the other guitar player. But the other three members were true metalheads and went with Man War. <laughs> and then I kind of later I was tired of Rage Against the Machine in that scene and I started listening to Man War and I would have picked them and now it's full circle I like both as much um, they both have their thing but I guess for me what, it hap- what happened with Man War is that they're not trying to cover up their metal as I said way back in episode 1 about how I'm high on fire like so oh. overtly exp- uh, expressing or displaying everything about metal that everyone thinks is stupid yeah, but it, and just doing it with no shame, and I think that's kind uh, yeah. of the point of it. And they have so many meta songs, you know, "Kings of Metal" or "Louder Than Hell," "Speak," "Blow Your Speakers." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> a lot of the songs are about man of war, you know, in in a way that is maybe not so common in in um, other metal. I mean, Iron Maiden would never write. Yeah, they did actually one song, Iron Maiden. <laughs> there is Iron Maiden yeah. at you, but. Yeah, do you get it more now, or is it still a mystery? I understand if it's still a mystery. No, sure, it's like Metallica would have continued with the same uh, lyrics as the first album. Pretty much. Throughout the yeah, career. Pretty much, yeah. Phantom Lord. But Phantom Lord is nearing. Down. Phantom Lord is re- definitely nearing in lyrical content. The taste of leather on your lips and stuff like that. <laughs> what, what the fuck? <laughs> I think they got whipped, yeah. whipped by the Phantom Lord or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, but I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting concept. And also what, what you say about um, being now like this company driven for financial gain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's really strange. And he's still lying. But, uh, he always lies as well. Joey DeMaio to kind of yeah. blow, uh, like enlarge the concept. Like if he brings in a guitarist, he doesn't say like, yeah, I called him. My management called him. He says like, I was out on my, on my two-wheeler. I was. Uh, what is it called when you're, when you're like when you're lifting one wheel up in the air and you're riding on only the back wheel? Uh, you do a, a wheelie. Yeah, <laughs> I was wheeling on my on my Harley, and then another guy comes in wheeling as well, right by the side of me, and we throw the horns to each other. Turns out he's a guitarist. He's now in the band. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> crap. Like, <laughs> who believes it? I don't know. For me, it's like almost art in a, in a very very yeah. fucked up way. And that's why I can't lose interest in this band. I'm always a little bit interested. What, what's, what's up with Manowar? Okay. I mean, it's a bit performance art uh, idea. The whole going all the way. Like going... This, I mean, I, I like that in a way. That they are as they're so extreme in every everything they do. Yeah. Um, that they can only be liked by a very small click you know it's like it's not they they should be in their mind they should they are the biggest band in the world yeah. i mean in their the story that he tells and like the the landscape that they paint i mean they're they're the mo- most important biggest band yeah. ever i mean their songs really 
are about that. Uh, it's a good topic, but I have to add to that, that they also have always have that as a kind of ace up their sleeve. If someone questions them, like, do you also get 20 million plays on your song on Spotify? Which they have on Kings yeah. of Metal. 20 million is not a joke. You know, it's not a tiny band. So they always have that kind of thing of like, okay, you think we're ridiculous. What about your band? <laughs> what, what is your band doing? <laughs> and uh, yeah, Kings of Metal, uh, concept album about uh, the band being Kings of Metal. <laughs> no, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't think so. But it's a pretty solid album and it's, it's funny, funny to listen to. And I think I want to kind of have a real-time reaction to the end of this song from you because yes. you haven't heard the end of the song and it's, yeah, it's something. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Kings of Metal. The last Battle song. Kings. Four, 430. Uh, there we go. I must say, I really uh, must applaud them for this part. Uh, how is it? Uh... Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> you nailed it. And, uh, and I found found the tab, and it says, uh, check the solo. I think it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's bad. <laughs> and then it stopped for like six seconds. And then... <laughs> it's so fun. It stops for too long. Good. It was the right tone, <laughs> right note. Yeah, I'm practicing, uh, folks. I'm practicing my falsetto um, um, <laughs> <laughs> scream. I I want to say fellatio scream, <laughs> but the no, falsetto. No, of don't practice that. <laughs> don't practice that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, do if you want, but no, no, don't. <laughs> okay, uh, sorry. Hard to hit uh, that note. No, I think I'm practicing the right thing. Um, I love that. I love that. I must say, I love that ending because it's uh, absolutely the worst thing I ever heard. I think, <laughs> but also one of the greatest things I ever heard. Yeah, I think uh, the reason I wanted to play it to you is that, that was the ending that w- that sold me on Manowar. That ending, I was okay. like, this is so yeah. ridiculous, so over the top, but so fun. And after that, the, the mosquito riff that you played, uh, the the pause is like five seconds. <laughs> So it's yeah, very fun to yeah, play it super a, loud. Not, there's a fake out, and then there's another. I, it goes on like for two. Yeah, minutes. and back comes the an ending. The bells of doom come back again. The bells. But I have to add that yeah. uh, Eric uh, Adams, the singer, without him it would not work because he's a powerhouse mm. singer. He's really fucking yeah. good. Uh, like there's no other way to say it. He's so good at singing. So he saves the band in a way. Because otherwise it would just just be a joke, I think, if it wasn't for him and the way he colors the songs. And uh, and you can hear it here. And uh, you could actually hit that note. I mean, maybe he's an, even an octave higher or something, but uh, I can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was, oh, is it that one? <laughs> no, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I was listening to Kings of Metal, their number one song, of course, mm. um, the other week when I was like, okay, where is this song? Can it be this one? No, it wasn't. But... But uh, I think it was kind of funny because it's a bit like all over the place with the singing. Yeah. Uh, it's really like a hard. Is this one guy singing or several guys uh, singing? It's Eric Adams and then like hockey choirs. But I get the impression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. But it, it's like it goes a bit from the facetta to this more like uh, heavy metal light growl i yeah. would say i think uh the reason it is because someone tells him what to do and someone being joey de mayo <laughs> i think that's why you know <laughs> okay. joey de mayo is, uh, that's my, just my guess but my guess is that joey de mayo tells him like okay here i want this kind of vocal here i want this kind of vocal and he just yeah. delivers magically and i mean joey de mayo would be nothing without him honestly but, i mean he can deal without ross the boss there's still some good songs after ross left but uh, but yeah. he could not do it without eric adams he would be completely out of it, but should shouldn't Joey uh, uh, De Mayo and Paul Stanley be in a band? They look like exactly the same. Yeah. Without uh, when the Paul Stanley is without the makeup, of course. Yeah, they have like, uh, unmasked. I think the rocky rockier songs of Manowar have a very big resemblance to Kiss. Yeah, songs like Blow Your Speaker and also Kings of Metal. They have that kind of Kiss style. But I was never a Kiss fan. Were you ever a Kiss fan? Yeah, I, mean, I enjoy Kiss. I think they're stone. Oh, I enjoy them. I enjoy them, great. but I don't know them. You know, I don't even. I couldn't recite the the catalog or anything like that. I, I don't know them, but I enjoy a few songs. Yeah, I mean the. 
this deserves its own episode but i mean uh i was a bit reminded like with, with this kind of music the Oh, that's good, actually. What a good riff. Now that I hear it, like, and taken out. <laughs> Do you think Dave Mustaine heard that riff? You know? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, that's cool. Good shuffle, good shuffle rock. I, I, I think I'm, I'm going to get into a bit more Kiss late, later. Mm, yeah, in the, I in the coming I'm, months. Uh, maybe we're going for a Kiss special, just to, Whoa. like, deep dive. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Actually, it would be, it would be fun for me, because I completely kind of skipped Kiss, to be honest. Yeah, but also for you to learn the riffs, that would be yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty great. Yeah, actually, a good idea. Noted, uh, noted. I have, I have a few so things many. noted I mean, now. This, uh, <laughs> I played this one before, but it's just uh, so cool. I mean, Kiss, uh, aren't they a little bit like um, Man of War, you know, and they're like going very extreme, but in a different direction, I feel, but still with this over-the-top pompous, um, you know, I, Man of War goes for the muscles and uh, <laughs> Kiss goes for the ladies. Can you say that? <laughs> no, the more I think about it, we should really do a Kiss special, because for me that would be different from, uh, for example, a Metallica special, in the sense that I really skipped the band, as I said before, so it would be uh, like educational for me, really, and I think enjoyable. Yeah, but And they have a lot of fans as I well, think, so they are, they are fit uh, for a special. I, I, could, I could see myself uh, going live on stage and playing uh, uh, Blood of the Kings, what's it called that? Yeah, Blood of the Kings. <laughs> Yeah, you get it, man. You get it. <laughs> I get you're, the power of the kings. Yeah, you're feeling is it flowing now. through my way. I can tell that you're the feeling it the now. Kings. I can tell that you're feeling it now. So I feel like my mission succeeded here. Like uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't like you can't you can't intellectually explain. You cannot intellectually explain why anyone should listen to this shit. <laughs> it's impossible to explain no, intellectually. No, no, no. You have to kind of try and try to get the feeling across uh, and. Uh, you, you, you you know when when you're maybe you're at a party and someone is describing their their favorite thing and maybe in this case a favorite music and it's really like yeah it's it's uh, man of war yeah it has happened and it's like and no one everyone's like oh no not this again and it's really hard it's really like you're making a fool out of yourself because it's something you have to discover for yourself and I think you're right I mean this part is really like what explains them the. Yeah, the absolute stupidity uh, of doing this thing. Yeah, but again, now that I think of it, it's so stupid that it becomes courageous or brave in a way. Yeah, but but because I'm not trying to seem smart, but I also I think that Joey DeMaio is kind of a, just a fucked up guy. <laughs> like he he doesn't understand any aspects of this other than we are metal. 
but who knows? But I, I, I find it really like I, I love that even the guy, a guy who went went through the effort of tabbing the whole song and since we checked the solo, I think it's bad. Smiley, <laughs> I think it's pretty good solo. I like it. And during the solo, they have a nice little effect that there are some sumo Japanese sumo wrestlers in the background. Really, whom, like, whom. I guess they're more thinking about Vikings or you know some kind of pagan army or something. We have to get you had to get the the sample from somewhere. Yeah. They do mention Germany in the song, and they mention it in an unsettling and historically incorrect way. <laughs> so, oh, oh. yeah, I mean they're not Nazis. I'm, I'm sure they're not Nazis, but they have maybe some old warrior ideals, and they're going through countries where where man of war are like famous. So they're singing about okay. about Europe, like uh, England, Sweden, Norway, Finland, Nazi Italy. <laughs> you know. And then at the end of it, they end very strangely with "Back to the glory of Germany." <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's not an ancient country. I mean, Germany is new, <laughs> so you can't go back to the glory of Germany unless you're speaking of Nazi Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit difficult there. And after he says "Back to the glory of Germany," you hear a huge choir of warriors going. <laughs> Okay, Topic so of how debate. influential are uh, Manowar on Sabaton? Uh, Swedish, Swedish famous, uh, very uh, rich band. Rich in money, but not in uh, quality, content, not I would in say. Quality, but uh, no. their content is kind of the same, samey as the, what you just described. I think they're more influenced by Our Maiden and Accept. Um, um, but they okay. are not as good as those bands and in any way, shape, or form. I think Sabaton is a terrible band, actually. <laughs> yeah, I was I was uh, threatening you that we should do a Sabaton special. special. Yeah, three-hour Sabaton special. Sheet music, but I do respect yeah. the band for the way they could, in these kind of modern times, um, uh, get that far. You know, they've really gotten far. So I respect mm -hmm. them as businessmen and entrepreneurs, for sure. But uh, oof, I don't like the music at all. For me, Man of War has so much that they don't have, really. Maybe it's a good okay. example of just to see the qualities of Man of War. Compare them to Sabaton, and then come back to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, sure, I'll get back to you on that yeah. one. Uh, <laughs> because it's quite different. Uh, uh? It's quite different in that regard. Like Man of War, more dynamic, more um, just better. Just, you will hear it. It's just better. Uh, did they make? A, did they do a ballad? Mm, they have ballad parts, ballady parts. There's one in... Uh, uh, in the intro of Hail and Kill on this album, Hail and Kill, also a great song, and some very questionable <laughs> lyrics in that one, however. You will see when you hear it, yeah. But they, they verge onto some territories I wouldn't go to, and I'm quite open-minded. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you, do you think they are just badly educated? And a bit uh, like not really understanding what, yeah. what dropping some of these references might mean? <laughs> to, yeah, I think that's... You know, I think that's bang on target, and I hope that's bang on target because otherwise it's it could be unsettling in parts. I think I think the dictators Ross the Boss uh, previous band their most famous song is called Master Race Rock. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know this. This is New York Jersey Italians. I don't know much about their um, kind of <laughs> how they operate. Could they be Nazis, or is it possible even? Like, uh, is, uh, what is his face? What's his face, that uh, old uh, dictator from from uh, Italy? Mussolini. Yeah, could they be like closet Mussolini fans? Probably not. I wouldn't think so. I think they're uh, very they're... American, you know, they're very like freedom, 
freedom for all. But then they have, yeah, maybe poorly educated and want to bring up these old warriors, yeah. like old Germania, which was not called Germany at all. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But uh, but it, there is a certain certain. I mean, metal bands are known for picking the cherries, like to um, to get some lyrical content. Uh, you know, sure. like okay, what's going on here? We have some history going on. Maybe there's. I read a book. I read a book about the Second World War. Ah, Mussolini. Uh, he did this. He did that. You know. Yeah. He, he built a highway through the Forum Romanum in the middle of Rome, that's pretty metal. Let's sing that's about true. that. You know, like the, what's, the pro, what's, the pro, what's the problem? What's the problem? You know, like it comes from Steve Harris, actually, I think. Steve Harris wrote a lot of mm. like kind of not very great lyrics, so just the kind of copy an encyclopedia item on an old warrior or something like that. So I think okay. he's partly to blame there, even though I do worship that guy. But <laughs> he started mm. that kind of metal thing about like kind of maybe not the greatest interpretations of historical events and, and things like that. So I think it, maybe he is to blame for that. But uh, Man of War, yeah, I've, I've made the conscious decision not to talk about uh, when their lyrics get a little uh, problematic because I wanted to promote them to you this time. You know? oh, okay, yeah, but now that you, you sold me on them, then I want to hear what, what is their most troubling lyric yeah, in your mind? There's a lot of rape. It gets very rapey. Ooh. Very often, and it could be unsettling. I guess uh, what they're aiming for there is just some kind of, uh, you know, old pagan warrior comes to town and ravages the whole city. Mm. But it happens a bit too often. Uh, it's a song called okay. The Pleasure Slave on this album, which is like incredibly hard to listen to. It's not on the vinyl, so that's good. And then in <laughs> Inhale and Kill... Oh, it's a CD special. Like a, a, a opposite, a reverse helicopter. Yeah. Like, yeah, an extra song. Yeah. In, for the CD. In Hail and Kill, they uh, go too far uh, in a very unsettling way. I guess now I've said A, uh, so I have to say B. They sing in the beginning of the song, okay. like, May your swords be wet like a young girl in her prime. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's uh, kind of early uh, menstruation. So I guess you're talking about 13-year-olds there. And yeah, that's not okay. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. not okay. And then you uh, get into the, you get into the next guitarist, uh, the guy with the ugly fringe. Uh, what was his face? Oh, yeah. What was his name? Carl Logan. I always before you say before you say that I always when I read um, because they were always buying a lot of um, uh, for some reason when they had a new album uh, it was always featured in close up like a lot of commercial was Man of War. Mm, okay. Uh, a lot of this fighting the world. What is it? Warriors of the World or yeah. something. This album that came out. Yeah, that's from uh, it was an album from the Joey DeMaio Black Circle era or whatever his label is called. So he's probably the guy punishing uh, the close-up uh, with money to yeah. to be featured. So, uh, uh, and then there was uh, you see the image of this fringe guy. That's uh, he's also muscular, but he's also kind of thin. Yeah, uh, he has this weak chin kind of has a weak look to him but he's muscular but he's weak yeah. um, maybe it's like the, the lesser barbarian that they they bring for cannon fodder or something, <laughs> something but, okay like so he did something terrible yeah Didn't i mean he turned out to be kind of lyrics like this, too um, literal s- or s- semi-pedo kind of guy you know he was not into oh. young boys or uh, young uh, girls like before sexuality but like right on the cusp of, of entering it mm-hmm. i think he's in jail now rightfully so yeah, that's a kind of... Oh, really? A bleak, it was a, bleak, so it was... Ele- it, continue. Okay. 
Yeah, they found shit on his computer. It's very bleak, actually. It makes me... I can't even okay. listen to Man of War post Ross the Boss now because of this. And generally, I'm not sensitive to this kind of stuff. I listen to Burtzum, for example, without problem. Mm-hmm. I listen to... Uh, I don't listen to Enel Kant, but they don't provoke me. But this, you know, it's... <laughs> this really puts a shit stain on, on everything with him on it in Man of War. Uh, you know, it's just... It's kind of gross. And I'm not easily grossed yeah, out. Yeah, no, it's, it's super gross. Uh, I think, uh, and I think this uh, kind of uh, behavior is super common in rock. I mean, you mentioned, I think, the, earlier this episode, uh, Marilyn Manson. I mean, mm-hmm. read his autobiography, what he brags about. Uh, True. I mean, this uh, underage girls are here and there, and then you have uh, Anthony Kiedis of Red Hot Chili Peppers, also in his uh, autobiography, like. Men, uh, he just like uh, you know makes a list mm-hmm. of all the underage girls that he uh, used and abused. Mm. Wow, and it's really? just very common. And all these songs in rock about Sweet Sixteen, uh, you know, hey, there, come here, little girl. I mean, all this kind of shit. Little Miss America on is another one. It's the original wor- yeah. one of the, the the Beach Boys surfing USA or something. It was the original mm-hmm. melody with Little Miss America. And then you have Jimmy Page who uh, kind of mail ordered a. 13, 12 year old from like this uh, mm. fashion yes. magazine, like kids' fashion. It's just that one. I want that one. And then she was his girlfriend, you know, <laughs> at a very young yeah, age. And then J- Jerry Lee Lewis, Elvis. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. it's too many of them, man. What's going on with the rockers? What the fuck's up with them? I think that Danzig was, uh, <laughs> he was okay. Yeah. He, he didn't, he was more into like uh, uh, cartoon, uh, cartoon ladies. Yeah. So, he gets a pass. He does get a pass. But I think other than that, uh, yeah, it's a really, uh, it's a troubling uh, subject. And maybe we, yeah. it's good to uh, to talk about. It's a lot of this. Yeah. It's too much of this. And I mean, I'm not the most moral guy. I can be like, um, I can stretch the boundaries a little bit in what I do and, and, and say, but I'm terribly disturbed by this like uh, mm. courting of 12 to 15 year old women. It's really disturbing to it me. Is dis- like, it is disturbing because the... Even if they might think it's okay, and they they look up to this person, it's coolest thing ever to say you have had sex with Marilyn Manson. I don't know why you would say that. It's still like you will not, you will uh, you will not cherish that memory. No, you know. And I, I'm okay. And I I'm saying that. I mean that that's what I believe. It's it's nothing to uh, to uh, aspire to. Uh, I was thinking about this uh, also the other day. Uh, almost famous. This movie, Cameron Crowe, this uh, great film about yeah, rock good. and roll in good. the 70s and it, is, it has the same thing it's just that they it's a real people in it uh, or the the groupie that is like the main character they age, they aged her up they up aged her you know so yeah. it wouldn't be so creepy but she was like 13 mm-hmm. yeah. it's like ugh. it used to be the deal <laughs> it is it is gross it is gross and if, ah, I can't yeah. I can't fathom this I mean I could see I can understand that someone makes the choice, uh, I'm going to do heroin every day from now on. I can understand that easier than I could understand the choice, oh, I'm going to go for these 12-year-olds now. What the fuck, man? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. You can't go yeah. for that. It doesn't, it doesn't nah. compute. It doesn't compute. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not strictly, it's not, it's not pedophilia, though. It's, it's a different kind of weirdness, but it's, 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 it's unappealing. And, yeah. It doesn't... 
Yeah, makes yeah. very little sense to me, and it's so it common. It has no place in my metal. <laughs> yeah, it's so common too. Like, who was that girl that wrote about her experiences with Marilyn Manson? It was a famous woman. Uh, yeah, who was that? Is it uh, Dita von Tees? No, uh, maybe an actress or else? something. I forgot now. But, Right. Yeah. Uh, more on that later. It's an interesting subject, but uh, we should prepare. It yeah. could be an interesting special. It's a heavy, heavy um, subject as well. So you don't want to, you don't want to over, over um, weight the episode with all that stuff. Since this is still an episode to kind of try and get you into Manowar. And <laughs> you, yeah, not and you out can of stay Manowar. out. Of I mean, I got Lugan. into the, You had me. You had me at that. Uh, you had me at that ending. But now I think I'm on my way, way out. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't have to stay. You don't have to stay in Manowar land. It's good enough if you, at one point, understood what's good about them. <laughs> and you don't have to listen to anything with Carl Luggen in it. You know, just skip the Logan stuff. Okay. Not, not that you can completely trust Joey the Mario. However, I can't completely trust oh, that yeah. guy. But yeah. That's it, and um, yeah, cool episode, I think. Dinosaur Jr. and Manowar, what a weird combination. Uh, the, yeah, the polar opposites, I would say. Um, but, oh, no, so it would be interesting. If you met Jay Maskis, that would be the first... If I meet him again and I don't walk away... Yeah, it was funny. I, mentioned, I thought he was creepy. <laughs> and he isn't creepy. And no. then this guy with... Uh, with the fringe is oh yeah if i meet him again i will say uh, hey i misjudged you i now learned that manowar is the band to look out for and uh, i enjoy your music wholeheartedly so nice to meet you yeah uh, have a nice day that's what i will say to jay something like that I like I, I i should have been scared of carl logan not you you know just to kind of it's like who who the hell are you talking Who's about carl logan, carl logan. <laughs> he surely does oh no, carl logan carl logan <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Carl Logan, stay in jail. That's my final words for today. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Okay, hey, thanks, uh, dear listener, for listening to this ramble that we will probably edit a lot. Yeah, we're going to have to. Yeah, weird episode, man. But I like weird episodes. <laughs> I mean, we should get weird sometimes. We should uh, experiment with this format because it's a free format, Thank right? I'm sorry, but I'm really sorry. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> I don't know anymore. I don't know what to think. <laughs> okay, dear listener, we are losing oxygen here. We are going to pass out soon, I do believe. So let's close the yeah. recording so you don't have to hear that happening. And uh, as usual, give us a five-star review. Tell your friends that might be interested in a podcast that uh, goes from here to there within the worlds of Riff. Yeah, and dear listener, if you have a suggestion uh, for some for a riff that we should play, do like our friend Bjorn did, uh, ask me or Jonathan, and uh, we will consider it if it's good enough for this pod. 
We just uh, lowered the bar significantly, so anything goes. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have said. I was gonna say we just widened the scope, but then you said lower the <laughs> oh, bar. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, of course yeah, we just we're, widened the scope. We're pointing at the same thing anyway. We widened the scope, and now I guess it's okay even with these questionable characters like Jimmy Page, Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, Marilyn Manson, Carl Logan, Carl Logan, Carl Logan. Questionable characters, questionable life choices, guys. What's happening? What's happening? <laughs> okay, over and out. All right. Thank you for listening. Uh, see you next time. Jennifer Riffs out. Ha 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 ha!